Hello, and welcome back to the Home Special Network. And today is an amazing day. I'll be going over everything uh, with you. And we'll be going over uh, some additional stuff that uh, I've gone through in the last couple of weeks. It kind of really helps out um, introducing, like, houses uh, and how to look for, like, the perfect home. Uh, well, let's go ahead and get into it uh, right now. Uh, it's it's in California. It's becoming a little bit more of uh, an interesting market. Uh, a lot of new things have happened. Uh, so I've been going over to open houses and checking out the open houses. And this is a really good way for um, home inspectors and homeowners to uh, kind of get a perspective from the professionals. Another big thing is if you are looking for a home and you want to have a home inspector with you, you can actually do that. During your um, open houses, you know, you go, you look at like what, four or five houses through an open house. Well, the good news is when you do an open house, you get some home inspectors, not all, just a few. Um, we are one of them, my company, and we provide, uh, you know, walkthroughs with the, uh, p- potential buyers during the open houses. So you would contact us. We would come over. We would follow you to five open houses. It's $200. And we would sit with you for about roughly an hour and a half to two hours. So you get $100 an hour, basically. And uh, we go over the different things about the open houses. So you go to an open house. Let's say it's 1,777 square foot house. And you're inside the house and you're looking around. And you want to you want to know my perspective, so I'll be going around and I'll look around the house and see all the things that, you know, from a home inspector's eye. And then when you're done looking, we'll go ahead and meet up, and then I will go over the information that I found, the things that I found, like the AC condenser was older or shown uh, uh, deterioration, exterior or interior uh, deterioration. And uh, maybe like uh, there's dry rot on the exterior of the house or maybe the gutters leak. Like today, I went to two open houses um, on the other side of Elk Grove uh, near Sacramento. And one open house I went to was really nice, 1,770 square feet. And the second one was on the same street, was slightly bigger of 1,810 square feet. And the first house had like a really bad AC system. It had a bad leak on the right side of the house. Uh, the gutter's edge, um, the rafter tails were damaged, uh, water damaged, a lot of areas. And the interior looked like there was black staining along the air vents. So this kind of put me off, you know. So, And then the second house I went to, I looked around. It was a really nice house, by the way. Everything was pretty much remodeled. The only thing they didn't do was the roof. So you can see a lot of cracks and chips on the roof, which is common for a lot of roofs that are tile. Uh, you know, you're going to do a lot of remodeling inside. You don't want to spend a lot of money on the roof. But that's like the key thing. If if you're selling a house, the two major things you have to have is a roof and AC and heating system. So the HVAC has to work and the roof has to be in good condition because these are the first two that a potential buyer will either walk away from or ask for credit for. And this is a large amount of credit. This is not just a minor amount. This would be about 5000 or greater. So if a potential buyer comes in and they see issues with the roof, they're going to have a contractor come over and he's going to do an inspection on the roof and you're going to find out that there's you know, a lot of damage or minor damage. If it's tile roofing, you're probably going to have a lot of chips, a couple breaks, and a crack. And you want to be careful with the cracks because some may leak and some may not. We don't know how long it's been there. So it could already be leaking, right? So these are some of the things that, you know, definitely want to look into um, as a home buyer. But another good thing is it's almost winter. And I know that's usually not a good thing for a lot of people. Other people want summer, but I actually like the winter time. Winter time's a lot better because then I can get a lot more work done easier. I don't have to worry about it. it's too hot outside. And it's, it's a fun time to just go out and go you know, skiing and, you know, doing the work and going skiing. And, and I'll be able to get the podcast a lot more because I'll probably slow down a bit from my home inspections. Um, and another thing is uh, it, it's a it's been really great weather this week. 
Uh, this last week was in the hundreds, but this next week is coming up. Like today, it was only 81 degrees. Tomorrow's 92. The day after is 84. And then there's 80. And then there's 84. It's just going to be amazing weather out there. So it's going to be really good to get into um, some more podcasts. And another big thing is we are actually going to start doing uh, YouTube podcasting. So you'll be able to see what I look like on YouTube. I know. It's going to be crazy. So we're going to start that. Um, I'm thinking next week I want to start doing a YouTube. I'm still getting everything taken care of it, it costs a lot of money for podcasting i don't know if anyone knows but it, it it can get up there in pricing to start a podcast you're looking at it roughly about 40 to 50 dollars and you can go all the way up to about 200 dollars. and i'm on every network and i'm all around the world so i pay a bit more than everybody else but to do that i want everybody not only in america but in other countries to know about their homes. Uh, every home from America to Canada and some some homes in Africa. I know homes in Africa actually have thinner walls. Africa and Australia homes are pretty much similar. Uh, their walls are very, very thin. And they don't have that additional installation. And like in Ghana, uh, in Africa, I, used, I have friends out there. And in Ghana, uh, it's... A bit different you know the houses are very thin they're small modular homes and it's very interesting because when i talked to my friend uh she she was in college and then now she's going back to her home with her parents and she's talking about how her home is you know very thin walls and i, I have a uh, like two maybe three people out there in uh, australia uh one in sydney and, and i have a couple in queens and in sydney uh, I have a friend, very interesting. I met him on um, Xbox when I was playing Xbox a while back. He has a phone booth inside of his house. <laughs> so he 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 was pretty far out there, but he put a red phone booth inside of his house. And the dip, the door closes and opens. It's like the old ones they used to have um, in the movies, you know, the Superman movies <laughs> way back in the day, like 99 or so. And uh, he has a phone booth that opens and closes, and he uses that for his his studio, uh, rapping and and um, some podcasting. So that's really interesting. I wish I could do something like that. That would be awesome. Unfortunately, I don't I don't have the the room or the necessities to find one of those <laughs> those really cool phone booths, but. It's, it's cool to, to actually see it. So he sent me some photos. It's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, so the houses in other countries may be thinner. And um, some perspectives of the roofing material is a bit different. So definitely want to walk around the house at least one time. I go around every home two times. And I look for any cracks, chips, breaks, damage areas that may need to be replaced or repaired. And I either repair it um, at my house, you know, I repair my own house, I'll repair it or um, I do about once a year. So roughly right before winter time because, you know, it's going to rain. So I don't want to have the whole leaking incident. Um, so I'll go around the house at least two times, find the things I need uh, that I'm looking for, repair them before the winter, and then I'm all good to go. I don't have to worry about um, having damage around the house during the winter time. And this is something you can do in any state or country that you're in. Everyone, I think, this would really help you out. Just one time a year, just take the time to walk around the house, find those issues, get them repaired. And if they're minor, you know, it's easier. If you don't have the money, then, you know, you may want to try cheaper methods. Like, um, there's like always a hardware store or something like that in a town over or the next town. That would usually help you out. Um, I took a trip out to a place called Arnold, California. And this is out in the middle of the mountains. And uh, they had uh, one very tiny hardware store. Didn't have a lot, but it had enough, you know, to, to get some things done. But they didn't have, like, cement or stucco or none of that stuff. But it just had, like, basic repair stuff. And, you know, this something like that, you can always uh, go on YouTube and look something up. Or I can 
guide you. You know, if you ever want to, you can message me, you can text me. I have a messaging system built in to all of the podcasting. You can send me messages. Let me know what you think. If you have any issues um, and you need to know how to repair it cheap or free, I can uh, go over that with you. I help out everybody I can. So if you have any time that you want to just um, send me a message or a like or whatever, um, I'll be able to help you out. And I can go over. I, I know some, some people who listen to this podcast. You're in different countries. Um, if you have issues there, let me know. I, I have some expertise. I don't have a lot, but I have some expertise in other countries. Um, some like Malaysia, for example. I know some building codes for Malaysia and um, a few in Canada. Uh, Canada and America is a little bit the same. There's a few. The codes are slightly different because of the type of uh, tubing you use for PEX tubing or um, or the PVC for piping for uh, disposal for like your sinks the water, where the water goes down, you know, through the P-trap. So the only difference really for the, the plumbing in California and Canada is the piping systems. Um, so when you're building a home with PVC or uh, PVCV in Canada, uh, you use a, a different type of piping, uh, IUP or uh, IPP piping. And you'll, you'll notice it because if you go underneath your kitchen sink, you can actually just look at the the main, the line coming down, that main pipe there. Um, that's a PVC. Uh, there's usually like a little tag on it that tells you uh, what coding for your piping system for your country. Like in America, uh, we've changed our pipes so many times. I mean, we used to use uh, cast iron, black steel, um, galvanized steel, and then we went to copper, and then we went to PEX plumbing, uh, which is polyethylene plumbing. Uh, and then we switched back to copper and then now we're like copper polyethane uh pcvc and of course for the all the disposal piping we use um uh, either pvc pvc is pretty much the the basics actually for everything uh we don't really use anything else except for like maybe you know steel but we don't we don't use that much anymore i mean that was like 1960s 1976 and then after that, we kind of switched it over to copper uh, after the Clean Air Act. Um, and I believe Canada did switch theirs too after the Clean Air Act. The The Clean Air Act was in 1976 in California. And then Canada actually was a little bit later in the 1980s. So you want to definitely check with your state uh, or your province to identify uh, what piping you're using now. And how old is your house? Is your house at like a 2000 or if it's a you know, a 1910 or so forth. Um, it depends, I guess, really if you're in Canada, farther north, you're looking at older, southern, you're looking at more farm country. So, yeah, just go ahead and take a look at your piping. You'll have, you'll have more information. In the United States, um, we try to keep all the houses uh, the same throughout every state, except for like Arkansas, Georgia, Pennsylvania, South Dakota, West Virginia is kind of like the only, and it's, yeah, that's about it. And, and this, uh, Arizona switched a few times, but I think they switched back from PAX to copper now because of the heat. So like the other states, what I'm referencing is they're very cold. Uh, North Virginia, um, South Dakota. So South Dakota is pretty darn cold. And then you have Georgia, which is really cold. And Georgia actually is so cold that uh, what they did was they started building the pipes. They, they, they started running the pipes underground. So they would dig these huge ditches about 20 feet, 15 to 20 feet down. And they were just these huge squares. And they would run the hot and cold pipes through the dirt. And then they would put the dirt back on top. And the way that they ran them are these huge, like, spider lines. Um, and they would run them along, uh, of course, red and blue. And farmlands do the same way they do in Georgia. They actually run underneath the ground. And then they have a house uh, either inside the back of the house, underneath the house, or they have a separate standing building, usually like a, you know, a separate garage or detached garage, something like that, or detached building. And that's where all the system is for, like, the heating and the cooling. 
and the, the water will go underneath the ground and then heat or cool depending if it's cold water it does nothing because you know underneath the ground's already cool and uh it's not too cold though and then the hot water has to run through a different system and around in a circle and then come back so it's it's very complicated if you look on youtube you can identify what i'm talking about it's pretty easy it's just a big giant square with six pipes um and three cold three hot and then uh in other states you know it, it gets pretty hot so they some of them have switched from um like texas and arizona uh, california we've switched back to pex only a few different brands uh because there was this brand called vanguard and vanguard um had a huge class action lawsuit and they were actually from canada vanguard was created in canada and texas and uh it played out in california and then they all had these giant leaks and they had brass couplings and the brass couplings would crack and then the whole house would just drown in water uh so a huge class action lawsuit from uh 2001 till 2019 and that finalized in 2019 other than that, um, it looks like uh, California switched back to Sharkbite, or um, the only Vanguard we use now is Vanguard Mana Block that came out in 2003. Uh, and then we use Sharkbite, which is what people can buy for their own houses, but it cannot be bought by contractors. And contractors would buy uh, Wurzbro by Aquapex. That's the main brand that they, they usually get. Um, but yeah, so Sharp Bites for the homeowners to purchase themselves from, from like Home Depot or Lowe's or wherever you get your like true value. And contractors would get the Aquapex by Wordsbro. Um, Wordsbro by Aquapex. Sorry about that. And then the um, Vanguard Mana Blocks are usual found in the condominiums in California, uh, Southern and Northern. Most condos will have the, the mana block in the garage. It's a little panel that you can just take off and you'll see mana block. And then there'll be a left and a right hand side for hot and cold. It's very easy to turn off the hot and cold water this way. Um, okay, along with that, some of the new houses. So let's say you want to go look for new houses, but your realtor you know, has three or four houses for you. And even though you have a realtor, that doesn't mean you can't have a home inspector as a backup to come in and take a look at these houses to identify key issues if you want to buy the houses. So, like I said, today I went to two two houses in my area and then three houses outside my area. Now, the two houses in my area, both were about $50,000 plus on repairs. So, if I put a bid down for this house... I can put $50,000 less. Why would I go over when I know there's going to be additional work? Now, somebody else is going to put a higher bid than me, of course. And they may get the house and discover that they have $50,000 or more worth of repairs. And then the homeowners, the buyers, are then out at 50000 And then they understood that, yeah, even though I put a $50,000 less, now they know why I did. Now, you could always put $10,000 or $5,000 over and get the house and go into contract. And then once you're in the contract, then provide that $50,000 credit uh, as long as it's not sell as is. This is a good idea. I recommend that if, if I'm going to buy a house, I want to know what's going on with it first. If I'm going to buy a house, I'm going to put a bid on a house, you know, and it has $50,000 worth of repairs. You know, I want to make sure that that it's worth it. So if it's only $50,000, have the home inspector go in with you during your, your walkthroughs. Do some look around. $25,000, $50,000 worth of repairs. It's not too bad. You can get good credit on it or they can do the repairs for you before you even buy the house. So that's that'd be awesome too. If you don't, if you can't find a home inspector that can help you do this, uh, the walkthrough, um, you may want to see about calling a home inspector, maybe call five home inspectors, and if none of them are going to do it, maybe call the second or third one again and offer them 100 or $200 to do it. They may say yes, they may not, but I mean, at least you tried. It's very difficult to find people, especially home inspectors, who are willing to take the time 
and get 50% or more less than what they normally make. Like our normal home inspections are 400 to 425. So getting $200 is giving us 50% less than what we normally make if we just did a full home. But what they don't know is even though we come in and do that $200 to look at four or five homes for two hours, you may use us for the home inspection, which gives us another $400. So all in all, you as a client is paying 600 and we are receiving the 600 but we're also providing you with that peace of mind and knowing that the house you're getting is no more than the amount necessary for your purchase. So if your budget's, you know... 500,000 and your house they're selling the house for 449 and you're getting close to that budget and and you know uh during the home during the uh the walkthrough, you know, the open house, the home inspector said there's at least 25 to 30,000 dollars worth of repairs here. You know the remaining balance you have is like 10,000, so you could probably put 5,000 dollars over asking and then that way uh you could probably get into contract and then negotiate that price from there. So these pricings aren't always um, given to you by a home inspector. So you must find an appropriate home inspector that can provide you with the pricing during a walkthrough. And this is a verbal pricing. So it won't be on paper. It will be a verbal. Even if he does the home inspection, he can only provide you verbal. In California, other states are a bit different. If you're in like Texas uh, or Wyoming, Washington, that kind of thing, they have different rules and different regulations for what home inspectors can and cannot do. Licensed home inspectors or certified home inspectors. So there's two types of home inspectors. A certified home inspectors are certified in that field to be, to do the work as a home inspector that's identify key issues of a home that may uh, be safe and safety hazards or issues for the future uh, or possible appliance malfunctionings and so forth in those states. Not every state is certification. Some states are cert. Some states are licensed. If it's a licensed state, they must take a state test to receive a state license to be a home inspector. In this instance, those home inspectors can do work for the property after they've done the home inspection uh, with their company under special privileges. Also, licensed home inspectors go through a lot more intensive um, credits. They have to have a certain amount of credits every year, usually anywhere from 20 to 40. Now, I am certified home inspector because I'm in California. They don't regulate, but I do 40 hours every year anyway. And the reason I do that is because when I move to a state, if I move to a state that does require a license, I will be ready to go because I've already done all my training for the last 14 years and I know what I'm doing and I know in this, I know everything in this field. At the same time, not all home inspectors are equal. Just to let you know that some home inspectors will only do certain things and other home inspectors won't. For example, some home inspectors only do home inspections on slab uh, foundations, which means this is a concrete foundation with no underneath the house, no area to crawl. Uh, And then they will charge separate for the roof inspection. This is false. They should not be doing that because all home inspectors in California, if they're internatchy, ashy, or so forth, have to do the roof along with the home inspection. The only person that doesn't do this is going to be um, American Shield or Inspector Shield or Blue Shield. I think it's called American Shield. It's a home inspection company that does everything, supposedly. They have uh, home, inspection comp- uh, home inspectors, termite inspectors, roof inspectors, because they're contractors as well, and they do the work of contracting. How they get away with this, I don't know, because in the licensing and certification of becoming a home inspector in California, you cannot do work for up to 12 months after you've done a home inspection. That means that the home inspector cannot go into that same house and do any type of work. No construction, no contracting, nothing. 
So that's the thing in California that sucks. But I mean, I understand it because you need to give contractors their due as well. I mean, there's contractors out there who can't make money because other people who are not licensed contractors are going and doing the work and they're doing a really bad job and then they have to come back and then they have to redo all their work again. This happens a lot in California. There's a lot of these um, handymen that think they're contractors. They're, I don't know if they're they're legal or unlegal, unregistered, I should say, registered or unregistered um, uh, civilians, and they come in saying that they are contractors. They have no license, though, and they do work. Uh, they do a poor job um, for a lot of money. I mean, $15,000 or more. They do the work, or they don't even do the work, or maybe, I mean, I've heard a lot of horror stories recently. My friend, he hired a contractor, said he was licensed, showed a fake license, I guess, and, uh, or maybe it wasn't his, we don't know, but anyway, he showed a license, went in, was going to charge $14,000, um, he paid him five, he started to do the work, and then he stole all the appliances in the house. Well, he stole the stove, the refrigerator, this is all brand new stuff too, stove, refrigerator, dishwasher, uh, all stolen, just gone one day, he comes back and boom, it's gone, and the guy is on, is gone too, he's he's in the wind, they can't locate him, so for $5,000, he didn't do any work, and now they're out all the appliances, which was over $4,000 worth, so now they just lost $9,000. And they have to go out and they have to buy new appliances, find a new contractor, and pay that contractor to do the work that the other contractor never even did. So this is very big in California. It's been happening a lot lately. Um, And I always say, know who you're hiring. Just like with a home inspector, ask your questions. Ask those five basic questions. Are you certified? Can you show me proof of certification? Are you insured? Can you show me proof of insurance? And last but not least, please provide me with a home inspection report that you've done in the past. These five things will really, really, really save you. Because if you're getting somebody who is professional enough, he should have all of these. He should have his certification handy at all times. I have mine on me at all times. And if a client ever asks me, hey, are you certified? I'm like, yep, here you go. There's my certification. I have my certification number. I have my ASHI number. I have both cards on me at all times. And there's all, both have expiration dates. So to get a home inspector, uh, some home inspectors may be expired. Maybe they forgot to pay their dues or they didn't do their training or anything like that. And um, they're no longer you know, uh, certified or, or proficient in that field anymore. Maybe they haven't even done any training for 10 years or five years or maybe they just started maybe they're brand new home inspector and they're fresh off the boat well either way every home inspector should have insurance because what happens if a home inspector goes in does his home inspection says oh yeah this place is great leaves the home inspection leaves the home and a week later maybe two weeks later before you purchase or maybe even you buy the house you're in the house and the water heater blows. Or maybe you were about to buy the house. And a week later after the home inspection. Boom. The water heater uh, has been leaking for months. And the home inspector didn't catch it. And now you have a bigger issue. Uh, maybe it just broke. You know, So there's always things that you need to look out for. I mean I have, I have come back with multiple home inspectors. Have looked at apartments or condos or houses and I have come in and I have still found stuff that they missed um, I believe the last one was oh three weeks ago I was in um, what's that town it's very it's near San Francisco uh, like I know anyway, I know one was near Berkeley too but I, I Sorry, I just I don't know why my mind's not remembering the city. Ber- Bergen game. Ah, there it is. <laughs> Weird name. Bergen game is a place near San Francisco. It's like on the backside of San Francisco, and um, very nice town. 
And the people who hired me found out that I I have worked in the area for you know ten or so years, and I've done other uh, condos in the same area. And they were buying one of the condos in the same area that I've done condo inspections. And they just had two other home inspections. The, the owners, he had two home inspections this year. Just in one, it's not even the end of the year, but we're in September. They had one in February, and they had one in August. The last one in August said that there was something wrong with the electrical. That was it. That's all they said. Nothing else. But they didn't specify where it was or anything else. But that was the only thing that they found in the whole condo. But the people who hired me wanted to know more. They heard that I'm very specific. I I can identify key issues and I always put every detail on my report. And I'm very detail oriented. So I come in, I greet them, uh, we go upstairs, we go to the condo, and we walk in, and uh, we turn to the right where the kitchen was, and the first thing I noticed, there was a sub-panel. But the front of the sub-panel, the, the cover was missing. And when I looked at the sub-panel, I also noticed that it was Sylvania. So Sylvania, if people don't know, is Zinsko. Zinsko uh, was bought out by Sylvania. Now, Zinsko and uh, Pacific, these are the two we cannot use in California after 1976. Reason being is, they both are fire hazards. So, they have a um, they have a grid, and that grid is, is what the breakers go on to. And instead of flipping the breakers, uh, it actually heats up and catches on fire. It's very common. It's not if they're going to catch on fire. It's when they're going to catch on fire. Some houses have lasted 40 years. Some houses have lasted 20 years. Some houses have lasted 5 years. With these um, these sub-panels. And this condo had it. Which tells me that. Um, now I went to some of the other condos. Of course and did inspections. And I didn't notice it in some of those other ones. But I did. When I went to one of my home inspections previously, I did notice that I actually noted that on another condo not too far. So in the same building, there's 200 condos. It's a huge building. And uh, this was one of four that I inspected. And only two of the four I inspected actually had uh, Sylvania uh, by Zinsko. So I go in, that's the first thing I noticed was Sylvania. Okay, so boom, we already have a fire hazard. That's the safety, fire and safety. Then I kept going around and I noticed that the windows, um, the front windows in the living room were incorrectly, uh, they just put brackets, they put brand new windows on and they, they did a really horrible job. The lower portion of the windowsill was completely missing. You can literally see outside, there's like a small quarter inch just gap. So the air is just coming right into the condo with no no way to cover it. And it looks like on the outside, when I went outside later on and looked at it, um, it was new vinyl windows, probably by Viking or so forth. And they have this outer layer of vinyl that's supposed to cover it in like a square, so it covers the frame on the outside. And they forgot to put the frame on the bottom bottom lip there. So that bottom lip was completely missing. So it was going to be easy fix. It won't be a crazy fix, but it'll be pretty easy. And the bedroom... Um, there was two outlets not working at all, and the breakers were not flipped, so that was definitely another issue. Uh, the bathroom had caulking deterioration around the toilet, and the bathtub was missing, um, caulking on the lower portion. Uh, it's a tile to, like, um... Uh, to the sheetrock on the edge where the baseboards are, and then all that was missing silicone. So they just had a little bit of, of, um, of like, I would say granite caulking or so forth, uh, grout caulking. So grout caulking was missing, and they were missing the silicone as well. So it's definitely going to be a big, giant water leak there eventually. Uh, looks like they just did the works right before the home inspection. So it's possible that they did a whole remodel and then, they waited to sell it, and then they sold it. You know, they got a potential buyer and that whole thing. 
So that was that was a bunch of issues there. And no one in both the other home inspection reports, none of this was mentioned. Only the electrical. So that's a that's a big, you know, issue because one was done in August and I did the home inspection at the end of August. So that was like twenty something days. <laughs> that was that's not really good for that home inspection company. Um but yeah, so that was that was the whole thing. So they probably went back to the home inspection company and got the insurance. So yeah, make sure they have the insurance because insurance can cover you as a buyer if something crazy happens. Either the home inspection company is gonna uh, insurance is gonna replace it, or the um, buyers are gonna replace it if it's something major that was already notified on the home inspection report. For example, let's say the cognitive deterioration was noted on the home inspection report. And um, they wanted credit for it, but no credit was added. They weren't going to do anything. They said they would repair it. They didn't repair it. The people move in, see it's still there, and say, hey, what the heck? You said you were going to repair this, and it's not even repaired. And then they don't even talk to them. Well, then now they can sue um, that that, uh, buyer, that seller, sorry. Buyers can sue the sellers. Now, with the home inspector, if something crazy happens... And the home inspector is not insured, or you'd have no idea he's not insured. And then you contact him after the issues happen. Like, for example, you're buying a manufactured home. You have a hot water heater. Uh, the woods deteriorated underneath. He didn't mention it. Hot water heater falls through. It's $3,000 for the repairs. Well, he didn't mention it on his report. It was, And the plumber, whoever was there, says, yeah, it's been like this for, you know, years. And it need to be replaced, and the home inspector never mentioned it. Well, then that's another time his insurance is going to be able to to jump in. But let's say he doesn't have insurance. Well, now then you're out three thousand dollars, and you've already paid this guy. You call him up, he either hangs up on you, says ah, nothing I'm going to do for it. I'm not going to do anything to help you, and then he just leaves. You can sue him, sure, but. If he is an LLC, you're only getting what's in his account. If he is um, a sole proprietor, you can sue him. You can get his house. You can get everything from him. Um, if he's a corporation, uh, it's even worse. Uh, you know, but all, all corporations usually have insurance. So definitely make sure that they're certified, knowledgeable, can show proof. And uh, they have their insurance, and they can show evidence of everything at the very end. And, you know, knowledgeable comes with, you can go online, maybe look up a couple things that a home inspector should know. Like, if it's a tankless hot water heater, what type of TPR valve extension should it have? Okay, TPR valve is the temperature release valve. It's the, if a hot water heater, either tank or tankless, um, has too much pressure buildup, it will release that pressure through a TPR valve. TPR valve, it will whistle first, it has a release uh, on it, it'll, a ball bearing, it will release and then it will whistle and it will go through the TPR valve extension outside of the home and away from danger and not hurting anybody. A normal, any home inspector... Any home inspector would know what a TPR valve. He says, what's a TPR valve? Well, then don't use him. Go to somebody else because this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know anything about home inspections. He probably knows some, but he doesn't. He hasn't not been training or whatever. Every home inspector should know in a hot water heater, this is a TPR valve. That's the number one thing we look at. We also look at drip pans underneath it. We look at the hat. We make sure that there's no exterior damage. We check the piping, tubing, everything. And uh, yeah, so I mean, that's like the number one thing is a TPR valve. Or you could ask the home inspector um, about insulation. Every home inspector needs to know how much insulation is in the attic space. Now, that's kind of tricky because every house is different. So let's go for the walls, for instance. Every home insulation in the United States, well, most California, let's just say, let's start with my state, California. So in California, every home built 
from 1910, oh no, 1920 now, because they, they tore down a lot of homes, but um, roughly 1920, it used to be 1910, but they've been tearing down homes and rebuilding all the older homes now, but in 1920 at least, 1910, 1920, uh, the homes had an R4 to an R6 in the walls. Now, from 2000 to now, 2022, we have an R9 in the walls. So this is the insulation, the pink insulation. We used to use uh, pink. Now we're switching to yellow since uh, 2017. So even some 2016, but not really. 2017 and further, we're using yellow insulation. Uh, and we're using blown insulation to the attic space. Attic spaces are usually an R14. Um, some are R12, some are R16s. It's really tough to specify that. But walls, they should know. Just ask them, in a 2000 home, what should be the R-type for the walls? The insulation. If he doesn't know what an R-type is, that's another thing. Don't hire him. Um, oh, and definitely, I was going to tell you about that, yeah. So the home inspectors, you know, I was telling you about two different types of home inspectors. One chooses a slab, the other choose, the other one won't even do um, crawl spaces, which are lifted foundations. So lifted foundations has that space underneath the house. These houses were built in a hurry uh, back in the 1940s because of the military coming back from the war. So from 1940 to 1969, uh, most houses were built lifted. They, you know, they would uh, put the cement down, they would dig a hole, put the cement down and then build a home on top of the cement. Uh, and that's, that was your foundation. And they have like a, it goes foundation, mud sill, which is like a, a two by four, or it's always like a, either a, a, some type of two by four or two by five. And then they would put, uh, they would build a house on top of that. And you would have um, girders underneath the house there. Uh, and you would have some, uh, the subfloor and you would have the flooring and then you would have the interior and then you would have the walls and then you would have you know the roof and so forth so every house is different but for older houses lifted foundations are very common uh in sacramento uh and any big city to tell you the truth it, i've seen them in a lot of big cities oakland berkeley all those houses are old san francisco uh but san francisco has different types of homes that are lifted they have, um, and so some areas of Berkeley or Oakland as well, uh, they actually have basements. So you'll have from 19 or 1890 to 1922 or 1924, you usually have basements. And then after that, you're going to be looking at uh, just base, basic crawl spaces, or they call them like walk-in crawls, where you just open a small door. It's like half the size of a regular door. It's usually like four feet tall. You open it up, boom, crawl inside, uh, and then it opens up a little bit more, and then you have everything. Piping for the house, the plumbing. Uh, you'll have your piers, which are going to be wood. Uh, you have your stands, which are either concrete, cement, um, and then you'll have uh, your girders and then your mud seal and so forth. So lifted foundations, a lot, some home inspectors won't even touch them because they don't want to crawl or they're too big to even get underneath the house. A lot of home inspectors that I met lately have been really big guys, and I'm very surprised they can get underneath the house at all. And uh, some some don't. They say, oh, I'd never do a crawl. And others were like, oh, sure, I'll do a crawl, but it's very difficult. has to be. Now, there are regulations on a crawl space. A crawl space must be at least 12 inches tall, for a termite inspector, that's branch three, or uh, it could be 12 inches or up to 24 inches for a home inspector, depending on whatever we feel comfortable with. Home inspectors, it's the weirdest thing. We don't actually have to crawl crawl space if we don't feel comfortable. If we look at a crawl space and like, oh, I'm not going to crawl that, we don't have to. I won't crawl a crawl space if I see animals underneath it. So if I see a lot of rat droppings at the entrance, I won't crawl it. That's a health hazard. If I see raccoons or raccoon droppings, I'm not crawling it. I will ask for pest control first. Um, and then, other than that, I don't mind crawling. I love crawling in the crawl spaces most of the time, as long as I don't see any little critters. 
Um, one crawl space I went to, it was scary, I saw a rattlesnake skin near the crawl space. And that just startled me. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's rattlesnakes here? And then I open the crawl space, look inside, and there's holes everywhere. And I knew, okay, so we have some snakes crawling in there. So I'm not going to go inside there. I told the realtor this. They flipped out. I'm like, well, this is a safety hazard. There's a rattlesnake skin. She says, show me. So I showed it to her. It's like, yeah, that's rattlesnake. And I said, yeah, so why are you going to put my life in danger? Uh, I'm not going to crawl it. You know, you need to get pest control out here, take care of these snakes. Then I can come out and I can do an inspection underneath the house. I did a, uh, a visual at the entrance where I opened it up, kept it open, and I just looked around, checked it as much as I could, and took pictures, of course, and then wrote up a report, a limited inspection, uh, due to the fact that, you know, snakes and, and, and dangerous hazards were located. And, you know, this is it's common that when you buy a house in the mountains, you're going to have issues with either snakes or critters underneath your house. So definitely want to get some type of, if you're going to buy a house out there, you definitely want to get some type of uh, uh, pest control to kind of do a study around that. Or you could even ask the owners, you know, hey, because it's, it's, when you're in the mountains, it's a lot easier to talk. You know, everybody's really friendly. So you can just say, hey, what's going on? I, I really want to buy your house, but I want to know what's going on around the house. Have you noticed any anything that would be startling, like bears, raccoons, you know, wolves, whatever? Uh, and, you know, they'll let you know. Um, sometimes I see deer hanging out around the house. Like maybe they feed the deer in other areas. I just notice that there's, you know, snakes or so forth. So definitely want to make sure that what you're getting yourself into when you're buying a house. Um, like I was saying in the beginning, home inspections are not only based um, on just buying a house. It's pre-purchase as well. You don't have to get a home inspection when you're buying because what if you're going in and you put a bid in but you don't like the house later on when you find out that so many things are wrong with it. Then you have to pull out. You just spent four or $500 on a home inspection and now you go in and get to go look at another house and pay another four or $500 on a home inspection. My company is one of the rarest because I am homeowners. Uh, I'm a homeowner. For as I'm a home inspector for homeowners, because I'm a homeowner, I want every other homeowner or potential homeowner to feel comfortable and happy in their new home. The way I would, you know, I'm not going to go ahead and and just do a home inspection for the money and say, ah, this is a great house, and lie to you. No, I'm going to tell you how it is. I'm going to tell you that this is the stuff that's wrong with the house. The realtors don't want me to say all this stuff because it's bad for their sell. But that's not the point. The point is transparency. Every home inspector, even if they work, uh, you know, as a solo person, or if the realtors, you know, lets you know that they have a home inspector, any any of that. Now, I would never downplay if a home inspector is mentioned to you from the realtor again. Do your due diligence. Contact the home inspector. Get their phone number. Contact them. Ask them the basic questions. See if they have their insurance. See if they have certification. All the stuff they can provide to you. And then say okay. Or you can pick your own. It's easier to use the realtor's home inspector if she's used them before. Because then that means that the realtor feels confident. That this home inspector knows what he's doing. And has... You know, most realtors been doing the work of realty for more than two years knows exactly what a home inspector is going to say. If they see dry rot or wood deterioration, they know it's going to be there. If it's uh, malfunctioning things like the hot water heater or so forth, they know, you know, and they're going to let you know, of course, everything's going to be on the report. It's going to be transparent. You're not going to be left out the loop. They're not going to have a home inspector just lie to you, but you need to make sure that they know what they're talking about. Contact the home inspector, identify with them, make sure that they got all the information that you need, and definitely make sure they are insured. I tell everybody, 
make sure your home inspector is insured. Even if you don't choose my company, make sure your home inspector is insured. I talk to a lot of potential buyers and I talk to a lot of people who say, hey, you know, I, I really want to use you, but, you know, you're charging me $75 for travel fee. I'd rather find somebody in my area. I say, that's fine. No problem. I'm a little bit more expensive because I've, you know, I'm more knowledgeable. I have 14 years in the business. Other people are a year, two years, or four years in the business. Sometimes they lie to you and say that they've been in the business for longer, but you can always tell by their knowledge. I may be a little bit more expensive. I charge $75 for traveling fee because I want you to get the best. I don't want you to to get somebody who's going to miss a bunch of things. You're going to not be happy with your home. I want to make sure everybody is happy with their purchase. This is the biggest purchase you're going to make in your life. It's the biggest. So definitely do your due diligence. Make sure they're insured. Make sure they have their license or certification. Make sure they can provide all this information to you. And definitely if it's the realtors or if you pick them yourself, do those basic questions. Well, that's all the time I have for today. I, I wanted to talk more. So what I'll do is uh, tomorrow is Sunday. And if I have some time tomorrow, I'll go ahead and do another home, um, another podcast about uh, a little bit more about some of the additional things that, that people should offer, the home inspector should offer. We have a thing called a buyer guarantee where if we do a home inspection for you and you don't buy the house, the second home inspection is, is at lower price either 50%, 25% off, and then this will help you buy, you know, get into another home inspection. Instead of paying four or $500 for home inspection, another $500 for home inspection, at least you're getting two home inspections, uh, and the second one's always going to be, you know, a lot cheaper. And then, we, of course, we offer uh, discounts every month. Right now, we're doing uh, home inspections, uh, full price, but termite inspections are 50% off in Sacramento area and Stockton. And we also do pool inspections, spa inspections, 50% off with every home inspection. Um, and like these are some of the deals that we offer. And you can always check with other home inspectors. Um, and my company name is Home Inspection Services LLC. You can find us online um, or you can check the home inspection network. You can see my van or my truck. Uh, my Jeep also has all the information on there. We have... Uh, decals showing our company information licensing and so forth well i'm so glad to talk to everybody again i'm so sorry it's been a little while we're getting swamped and i'm having to go out and do so many inspections but i'm really really glad to see that a lot of people are downloading and listening up um and i I want to go over more but i don't you know I, i i have a lot of information i want to know what you want as well if you have any questions again message me i'll throw into my next podcast or i'll message you back with the exact details but definitely want you all to be very happy with your purchase um i want to say uh happy uh, saturday great weekend enjoy and uh hey just enjoy the fact that summer is coming to an end we're going to winter and there's so many things we do outside even though it's coming winter and the holidays don't even worry about them just enjoy time with your family. Have a great one, and I'll talk to you later. Bye.